The year is 1996. As always, my name is Nathan, and with me today is a key member of Rogue Opinions A-Team. You'll know him as one half of Scott and Paul's rambling podcast, as well as uh, appearing with Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. It is my nemesis, Scott. <laughs> Scott, thank you for giving up your valuable time. Yeah, I mean, what's, what's less than an hour taken out of, like, my boredom here in self-isolation <laughs> yeah. to look back on the year that I was born uh, a year with a lot more downs than I expected I mean it got worse by September when I was eventually born into this world <laughs> yeah I mean I'm not gonna I'm not gonna argue with that of uh, course you're not it was also the year uh, Dolly the sheep appeared so maybe <laughs> you're a clone maybe maybe uh, who knows who's real and who's a clone anymore? Nobody knows. Uh, but yeah, you're giving up a, less than an hour out of your out isolation for the next what year? So yeah, it's it's valuable time mm-hmm. and and a lot of time to go back and look at this look at this year. So for those that haven't listened before, basically Scott was born in 1996, and we're just going to take a look at what happened that year, other than uh, him being born so as always there's a nice little table on the peoplehistory.com which is where i got all my resources and notes from for this episode kind of about the cost of living uh which is quite interesting because the last couple have been kind of about the early 80s so we're well into the mid 90s and you can see kind of how much things have unfortunately gone up so uh whereas in the early 80s you could buy a house for like 20 30 something thousand pounds we're now well up into a hundred and eighteen thousand dollars uh average income obviously doesn't reflect that because that's not how economies work apparently uh and we're up to over a dollar for a gallon of gas so life's expensive scott you were born and everything went up in price what, what gives <laughs> uh i don't know what to say you know i, I didn't realize uh, being born can have an effect on the cost of everything i mean it does explain why I, I'm still living at home now, because <laughs> there's no way I, I can afford to move out. Because uh, I was born in September '96, not just in September, but on the 11th of September, a famously, you know, non-eventful day in the entirety of history. So you know, not a lot to be talking about there. Yeah, I was saying to if you go, if you guys go back and listen to the 1981 episode with. Michael Trudy, we were talking about 2001 because that was the year that Vince McMahon first tried the XFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was hoping to find someone born in 2001 so that I could talk about He Hate Me <laughs> for just for a little bit and kind of just gloss over September. <laughs> <laughs> like nothing of interest really, really happened there. But uh, more than coincidentally, 1996 also contained a divorce of Charles and Diana, Princess of Wales. Uh, Scott, I'm going to presume you had something to do with that. <laughs> yes, I was like, God, did you see that prick that was born in Scotland? <laughs> <laughs> I, I cannot cope anymore. I can't even look at you, Charles, anymore. I need to get out of here. This marriage is done. Well, you were born September, and they got divorced in August. Mm-hmm. It just seems fishy to me. They had a sense, like when an animal can sense that a hurricane's coming, it's like, <laughs> we're all doomed. <laughs> There's no point 
anymore. But this was quite a big, a big, uh, big deal. Obviously, once again, uh, we were just talking about the wedding in the 1981 episode, and straight away I'm onto the divorce. So I really feel like I've missed out some stuff there. Uh-huh. <laughs> but we'll fill in the gaps as more guests are are, com- are coming on. But apparently by 1992, they were kind of growing apart and everything just kind of fell apart. So that's sad. Sad start to the to the podcast. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, but it's fine because everyone was super distracted by the Nintendo 64. Mm-hmm. One of possibly the best consoles of all time. Uh, you said you had you had one. Yeah. Uh, I what sort of games I... are you playing? I mean, two games that I'd play on this would be Pokemon Stadium, and I can't remember the name of it. But it, was a, it was a Star Wars kind of pod racing game because by the time I started uh, actually playing video games, uh, Episode One would have came would have came out, and one of the best things I think in it is when they actually do the pod racing because it's just something where actual some action is happening in that film. So those were the two main film like two main games I had. I mean, a lot of people think it's more for like the the Golden Eye game or like No Mercy. Uh, the WF No Mercy game, I mean, I didn't get a chance to really play No Mercy. I don't think I started playing, like, wrestling games until around at the time they started releasing, like, the SmackDown v Raw series. Oh, wow, you were quite late to the wrestling party on the games. Yeah, I don't know why, why I just, why I just didn't really, I played, I'm not much of a game, I don't think I ever have been, so I kind of play video games kind of infrequently, unless it's a game that really intrigued me, and, I think by the time I was born, I played a little bit of N64, as I said, but by the time I actually started playing games like PlayStation was out, and I think my first proper console that I played regularly was like the PlayStation 2. Yeah, uh, I had PS1, I had Nintendo 64, but I didn't play No Mercy either. I was mostly playing like Super Mario and uh, Pokemon Stadium. A great console. It was one of those ones where you could just, if it was broken, you could just blow into the cartridge. <laughs> So, whereas these days you have to phone a technician. So, <laughs> yeah. nice and durable. I always wanted the one with Pikachu on it, uh, but they were super expensive. I even looked to buy one not long ago, but the Pikachu ones are just mad money. Well, what, what I loved about Pokemon Stadium is that like, when you played the battle, that seems like if you took your time, like, slide down your move for your Pokemon, they, they had like a commentator in the stadium, and the stadium... The commentator would just start slagging you. Like, what's the matter, trainer? Why hasn't he issued an order yet? Like, give me a fucking second. Maybe we need that for when our podcasts go too long. We just have someone go, just shut the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, great console. I really enjoyed it. The controller was weird. Mm. They could have probably done with not making it. So you always need, like, three hands to use it. Uh, at times, I remember I actually played it for last year for the first time in forever because I went around to a friend's house and we were going in there for like a kind of like dinner party thing, but it was just a group of friends. And when we came in, a couple of guys told me like the N64 and were playing Mario Kart. And I, my main experience of Mario Kart is only on the Wii, so I'd never played it on the N64. But also, I hadn't played the N64, like I said, since I was very young playing Pokemon Stadium. And to make it worse, the guy who turned out was to choose a level made the the worst move you can possibly make when you're playing Mario Kart with friends, and they chose Rainbow Road. Oh God! And if you're the guy who chooses Rainbow Road when you're playing Mario Kart with friends, 
you're the you're the cunt of the group. That's <laughs> not the way of saying it. <laughs> yeah, you're the one no one likes. I like the Wii version of Mario Kart. I still play it every now and then. Yeah, I I get very too t- into like my shoulders are all budged. Like I think I'm actually driving. I only need to move the small <laughs> but I'm I'm probably moving properly ten into. Do you, ever, do you ever play a drinking Mario Kart drinking game version? I have not, no. Oh, it's amazing. So everyone has like a drink of like the same size. So if someone's on pints, everyone's on pints. And what it is, is you have to do the race, but you have to finish your drink before you finish the race. But the kick, the kicker is you can't be driving and drinking at the same time. So you have to stop drink and then drive obviously don't drink and drive in real life i'm just talking about <laughs> mario kart but <laughs> but it makes for interesting things there's different tactics some people just down the drink and then do the full race some people take little drinks as they go but you can't be moving and drinking at the same time it's and a I fun assume, game i assume you're not allowed to pause the game to take a drink no no no, no you have to keep you have to keep going so um so you'll be so yeah you know you don't pause it you just have to like pull over on the side of the track <laughs> so uh but yeah don't drink and drive it's <laughs> <laughs> the idea of playing mario, mario kart and then getting fucking breathalyzer in the middle of a race because you're drinking and driving <laughs> that would be a strange thing to say oh so what are you in for oh i stole something from a shop you i was playing mario kart and i was drinking just like a weird a i thought a turtle shell was coming towards me i took out three people <laughs> uh, I think we had some great films come out in 1996. Independence Day, mm-hmm. great film. Uh, Twister, not a very good film. You seen Twister? I'm not seen Twister. I have seen Independence Day. The, I think it's fair to say the most American disaster film you can ever see. <laughs> like sum up how America sees itself in a crisis, and you get Independence Day. Pretty much, it is like alien invasion everyone's doomed but don't worry america is here because the two main like destruction scenes are new york and the white house and like but who cares what happened to the rest of the world just look america is being destroyed we can't have that yeah they look at this, that scene where uh, the guy's making his awesome speech and then they're just floating around the world and just saying oh everyone's listening to the president of the united states yeah, about how he's going to help everybody. <laughs> like, there's, there's an English guy from like the British military who someone tells him, hey, sir, the Americans have an idea. And he goes, well, it's about bloody times if, as if there's nothing anybody could do until the Americans said something. <laughs> yeah, and their plan was that guy was going to kill himself by driving into the ship. Yeah. And Jeff Goldblum uploaded that virus. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, Twister isn't great. It's great if you like tornadoes. Okay. Uh, Mission Impossible, the first one came out in 1996. Would you guys believe? I mean, it was a good year for Tom Cruise in general. You had that. You had uh, Jerry Maguire in the same year. What an icon. Icon <laughs> of uh, film. Great guy, probably. I don't know. He's a Scientologist, so he's nuts. <laughs> Uh, I mean, to be fair, I mean, it was an okay film, the worst Mission Impossible, but I don't think they started getting great until we were the third one, where Phil Seattle Hoffman's a baddie. Yeah, you're probably right on that. Like, the latest ones have been pretty good as well, still. Like, they're still holding up, even though 
Tom Cruise is just determined to kill himself by doing his own stunts still. Yeah. Uh, did, I, I did you see the video I... of him jumping across that building and then breaking his leg? Yeah, I've seen it. They played a clip of it on a, on an episode of Graham Norton when he was on it. I haven't seen that particular one that he did it for. I think it was the last one where he was starring with Henry Cavill. And Cavill had the moustache, which is what caused the whole thing of that having to be CGI'd out of the Justice League film. I was about to bring that up. Yeah, if you watch the Justice League film, there's like he has kind of like an uncanny valley upper lip for most of it, where you just occasionally you can see the editing come into it. It's, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Uh, you also had The Rock come out, not the wrestler, the film. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's pretty good if you like people trying to kill themselves for money. Yeah, because yeah, it, it was a big year for action films. Uh, from what we can see, you know, you had Independence Day, Mission Impossible, and uh, The Rock, obviously, by Michael Bay, whose basically specialty is over the top uh, action films. Pretty much, yeah, and you said Star Trek First Contact, uh, if for any Trekkies out there. I don't know, I don't think I've ever seen it. Have you seen it? No, I'm, I'm more of a Star Wars guy, to be fair. Ah, fair enough. Uh, but speaking of films, you also had DVDs launched in Japan. Mm. That's pretty pretty big. Yeah, I mean, with, with DVD already like a thing everywhere else, I, I would have thought that Japan would have been ahead of everybody with DVDs. No, then um, I think Japan invented them, and that was the first time ah. like, we didn't have them yet. We would have still been on VHS in '96. Yeah, because like some people, some people kind of look at me as somebody who probably wouldn't remember VHS, but I still, I think I'm one of those people. I got the v, the tail end of VHS, like because I had like some VHS like edges that I really worn out, or there were times where if I wanted to see a film on the tail, I had to like tape it or. There was a pay-per-view on Sky Sports in like the early 2000s. I had to tape it. Yeah, I still I remember VHSs, and I don't think we really got DVDs weren't for a while because mm-hmm. I just seem to still remember having a giant stack of VHSs like well into the early 2000s. I don't know if that just means my family was just massively behind the times, which is I mean, perfectly realistic, or I mean, or what. Even into the early 2000s, I still remember going up to Blockbuster and getting a video and then coming back and returning it. So, Making sure they're always like, please rewind. <laughs> I don't think I ever did. And You're like, no. <laughs> and the biggest, like, most exciting bit of getting a DVD, a video from Blockbusters is trying to return it and keep all your fingers when you put it through the return slot. <laughs> I don't know if anybody out there has seen Open All Hours whenever they try and use the tell, but that's what it was like. <laughs> <laughs> it was an extreme sport for sure as <laughs> keeping on technology in a 12 month number of internet host computers gone from a million to 10 million so again going back to some of the older episodes uh that i've done on this podcast we we reached a year it was either 80 or 81 where the term internet was first spoken All but right. the word was made up and now kind of 15 years later we're already on 10 million computers the internet in full swing so until we reach the point of today where everyone's just furious <laughs> but it's quite interesting to see technology kind of uh, advancing because mm-hmm. i didn't really never really think about it you just kind of take it for granted that i'm sat here on this uh, on this laptop on skype talking to you 
but it's kind of cool to have been able to see where things came from and how like it all pieced together yeah i mean it's it's weird to think how long the internet's actually been around i think it's been around longer than most people really realize it i think it's because it wasn't until kind of this this like the 21st century that was more widely available than it had been than ever before and it's weird to see how like so like it seems like people really didn't really understand what the internet even was still back in the 90s like films like independence day when people just take for granted what's the internet we could basically do anything so basically we can upload this thing from our computer and that can kill a bunch of aliens <laughs> we can't wait to do that in real life at some time yeah i know still waiting <laughs> so sticking with the internet ask jeeves which i don't even know if that still exists now was formed i don't so, think it does no i think it well, i'm gonna look it up now well since i'm right in front of oh it's still there ask.com yeah it's still i don't know if anyone uses it but it's, it's still there i don't think really anybody does use it because why, why would you go to google and type in ask you to then ask a question where basically <laughs> anybody if they want to know something they can just type that, that question into google itself so i think ask you was the middleman that everybody realized they don't really need to use anymore yeah definitely it's like bing if anyone uses bing then stop listening uh back onto the cloning thing we spoke about how china was cloning some fish in uh, the early 80s we're now into 1996 and dolly the sheep becomes the first mammal to be successfully cloned uh weird don't like it <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's weird to how they were up with cloning the sheep and maybe the big scientific advancement you have heard nothing about cloning since uh there probably is it's just we don't get to know about it oh and, and also it seems weird that of all the things just to try and test why why is sheep <laughs> like i'm sure there's some scientific reason and if you are yeah. a scientist and could let us know then please do at rogue underscore opinion why a sheep i know why not something useful i know why not something that's we're, why not an animal that we're running out of that's in danger i mean we've got plenty of sheep yeah, there's tons of them. Like, maybe they didn't even clone it. Maybe it's just a sheep, and they're like, yeah, it's a clone. Maybe they just put one sheep in a room with a mirror, so it looks like, <laughs> a certain angle, it looks like there's two sheep. <laughs> Damn, we've worked them out. We're going to get shut down in a minute. <laughs> uh, so, to prove what scumbags we are, global warming reached a record high, and the ozone layer over the Arctic was getting massively fucked up. Uh, it's nice to see we've changed our ways. Yeah, we, we have. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, great. Hopefully, hopefully the world will heal a bit whilst we're all in isolation, listening to top quality content. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it will. <laughs> yeah, I'm absolutely certain of it. So over to some sport. It was the Summer Olympics are held in Atlanta, United States. It's a big Olympics for the wrestling fan. Mm-hmm. As, yeah. as Scott you could explain to everyone yes as a, a certain Pittsburgh native would win an Olympic gold medal with a broken freaking neck as he would remind us for years on as Kurt Angle won the Olympic gold medal in freestyle wrestling and as the story goes injured his neck I, can't, I think maybe even his second last uh, match or the, in the final where he won the gold that he injured it and according to Kurt 
he was being like shifted over by his opponent, and he could either go the way he was going and land it, which caused him to lose the point and possibly lose it on the gold medal, where he could shift himself, which way he would keep the point, but he would land right on his head, and he shifted himself and landed right on his head. So he managed to save point and like come out the victor. But he really like injured his neck, and I think that would lead to several other injuries that would really affect him like personally and in his career for years to come. Yeah, he's one of the all-time greats for Defner, but it did continue to affect him into his... Because he took to a professional wrestling like a duck to water. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then there would also be instances like WrestleMania 19 against Brock Lesnar, where he was going in there with a really messed up neck again. And I can't remember what it was, but he said he's, he's broken his neck like several times. Oh, yeah, he's like... You know, that where he's like re- re-injured it. Like... And like his neck and spine have been, I've had like a couple of different surgeries, especially in the early 2000s. And I think for a while he had a painkiller problem because of the constant injuries. And like he's refused to go rehab for these problems, is what led him to leave Derry and then go to TNA for so long. What's what's quite interesting with Angle is you gotta wonder how long how different his career would be if he came much sooner. Because in '96, the very same year he won the gold. Uh, WRB and ECW were both interested in getting him. He didn't want to come yeah. to because he said, like, well, people just even win the gold medal. I can never, believably, I can never lose. <laughs> and then Vince couldn't work with that. And then he happened to come to ECW the same night. They did a crucifixion angle with Raven and Sandman. And Angle said, like, if you put this out and even mention my name, I will sue you all. <laughs> it is weird that. The- Kurt Angle, I'm sure he laughs about it now, but to hear to hear him go up to Vince McMahon and go, oh, well, if I'm going to do professional wrestling, I can't lose. You can kind of mm-hmm. understand why Vince might go, that's going to be a problem, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, you can get that, but you can see why they wanted him, because like, oh, around definitely. that time, they brought in Mark Henry, who had the powerlifting battery, I think. He was, was at the six, same Olympics, wasn't he? I think so, and then the year following this, they bring in Ken. Shamrock, who also the uh, the UFC background, so I think you can see why they wanted some more like real sport like athletes. And it's a shame he didn't get coming because we talk about how well he took to wrestling, how his technical ability that he also is helped by his amateur background. Like we got to see him like mix it up with like the Brett or Owen Hart when he came in. Uh, it's, it's a real shame we didn't get to see those type of matches. Yeah, hundred percent. But. Still uh, a hell of an achievement winning the gold mm-hmm. medal, especially in the circumstances that that he did. And then he went on to have a pretty remarkable career as well. And luckily, he's doing pretty well these days. Saw him mm-hmm. playing a guitar and singing his uh, Jimmy Crack Corn on Instagram <laughs> the other day. That was pretty funny <laughs> doing that again. Uh, but great achievement. And by all accounts, it was a pretty good Olympics as well. Yeah, I mean... So, there we go. We talk about uh, wrestling, and we do talk about it a lot here on Rogue Opinions. When you look at '96; it's a very interesting year for the landscape of wrestling, where, like in July, the NWO was formed, and they would help take WCW to new heights. And September, the month I was born, uh, I think a few weeks after I was born, they starts experimenting with more edgy angles, like they do the Pillman's Got a Gun, where Austin comes to Pillman's house and Pillman pulls a gun on him. And uh, at Survivor Series that year, we see the debut of uh, Rocky Maivia. Oh, what would he ever go on to do? 
Yeah, I mean, that's that look at a guy who would never be the most successful movie star <laughs> in Hollywood. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty remarkable year for wrestling, definitely, because WCW kind of kicked WWE off their perch of being the top dogs for yeah. an undisclosed number of weeks. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, Hulk Hogan turning heel, which Hulk Hogan claimed. Um, did you listen to his interview with Steve Austin, like uh, on yeah. Steve's podcast? It was yeah, a while ago, but Hulk Hogan claimed that he'd always wanted to turn heel and he wanted to do it after Warrior beat him. But hmm. Vince said no, and I was like, "Hey, that's probably not true." Probably not. Because Hulk was disappearing to go do movies and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think Louis Bischoff tells it on his eighty-three week podcast is basically he wanted to get turn heel, but he didn't really think of Hogan at first for the third man thing. And basically Hulk phoned him up and said, you got an idea who the third man should be? And Bishop kind of could tell what Hogan was kind of angling for. And like, well, who do you think the third man should be? And Hogan goes, I think you know. And fair enough, because the, the third man was originally maybe Sting, which wouldn't have worked because the whole thing of the NWO was originally there might be this group of invading former WAF guys. So having Hogan in that was fair enough. Like, it made sense. But it's very clear that Hogan was basically like, I don't want to turn heel. I don't want to turn heel. But these guys can make a lot of money. Oh, I'll turn heel. And then also they would make a lot of money given that that interview shirt is with one of the most highest selling like, piece of merchandise ever produced. Oh yeah, it still sells today. Like Even the Wolfpack red and black version sells mm-hmm. for like crazy money. But uh, Rocky Maivia debuting is uh, a pretty big deal as well because it led to obviously the die rocky die chant mm-hmm. or the sign and then rock turning heel and then very very rapidly becoming one of the biggest stars on the planet and he probably is literally the biggest star on the planet right now so yeah. that's quite an ascent yeah have you ever seen that video of rock reacting to his debut and like talking to about the time where he was he thought he was looking down the hard cam but didn't realize he's actually turned his back to the hard cam <laughs> Yeah, he wasn't very experienced. Like I know he went to he went to Memphis for a bit, didn't he, and worked mm-hmm. with Jerry Lawler. Uh, but he still he hadn't. It was obviously in his blood because of his dad and his granddad. Yeah, um, he wrestled a few dark matches as well. So on Raw, and then they did the whole hype up to his, his debut while he was in Memphis. Jim uh, Cornette tells the story about Ian Rock like working out in the ring. And Jim Cornette said, I thought looking at him, he'd probably been training a couple of years. And then he asked him, like, how long have you been training? He goes, oh, I just wrestled a bit with my dad, like, for six months. So basically, <laughs> so he talked about people, like, taking to it so well, like, The Rock was clearly, like, very natural as well. But some of his offense, you watch him as Rock in my VA, like, is nothing like how he'd be with when he was The Rock. Like, he's finished over as a shoulder breaker for a while. Oh, my God. Yeah, I remember that. I remember him pinning gold dust with that and just see what is going on here. But that's The Rock. Great, great start to an amazing career for The Rock. And obviously Kurt Angle as well in the NWA was amazing. Do we want to talk about the main event of WrestleMania? <laughs> the boyhood well, dream came true? Not really, because I'll be honest with you, I actually haven't even seen the uh, the WrestleMania 12 Ironman match. I mean, a lot of people say I should. No, you shouldn't. But like, I get very different opinions. I hear like, some people say it's boring, other people say it's great. And I just don't know what, no, because like, part of me thinks I'll probably end up agreeing with 
I have to say it's shit because I've always preferred like Sean to Brett. Yeah, I just I know Brett says it's like his masterpiece, but I, it's too long. I and there's it's too plodding. Uh, like people were literally leaving during the match, weren't they? Well, yeah, I think a lot of people had came, a lot of casual people had came because uh, they heard the Warrior was coming back and he wrestled for all of two minutes. So by then, they people had seen what they wanted to see, so they just buckered off. Yeah. But I heard that apparently Sean and Brett, because they do it as an hour long match, said to like, work out, each of them took responsibility for mapping out a certain section of the match. So, like, the first 10 minutes were. Like laid out by Brett, and 15 minutes laid out by Sean, so that when it was the section that they were in charge of, the one that person could kind of lead it, so that they, both guys didn't have to remember an hour's worth of like spots. Oh god, just too too long. Uh, <laughs> we will, yeah, we'll leave that. Well, Sean Michaels would obviously have a pretty great career as well, so yeah, maybe it was for the best. When you talk about kind of great careers, I talked about high sale and merchandise. I mean. This was the year we first heard the phrase uh, Austin 316. Oh, of course. King of the Ring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, well, whatever happened to that guy? He, he's still around cutting not, not promos that aren't as good as he used <laughs> to on me. Raw. We don't need to get you back on that horse. Um, back to back to other stuff that happened. That was, that was wrestling. Uh, NASA would launch the STS-72 Space Shuttle mission during January of 96. The Space Shuttle Endeavour, which launched from the Kennedy Space Center with six astronauts on board. The goal of the mission was to retrieve a Japanese space flyer unit satellite. And there there we go. It would go well. It took about eight days to do uh, before they returned to Earth. But nice. Would, would you go to space? Richard Branson trying to put on commercial flights at some point. Would you go? Yeah, I mean, I think it's an experience I'd like to. It's something I'd like to do if I get the opportunity. But like, me think about like the we hear about Richard Branson's like plans and like the limited amount we could take, and allegedly like the amount of money that Richard Branson's charging to take people into space. Like, there's no way I'm going into space. Yeah, you could just get like a cheap flight and just ask them if they can fly a bit higher. <laughs> Like then that that would be fine. Uh, other space space shit that happened. Uh, NASA also launched the Mars Global Surveyor in November. Uh, it was a robotic spacecraft with a mission to take high resolution photos of Mars while mapping out the planet from orbit. Uh, it arrived at Mars and entered its orbit in September of '97. Began mapping in March of 99. So don't know what it was doing for two years. It's <laughs> fucking about. Um, and it was the first successful Mars mission in about 20 years. And returned tons of data. And the mission was ended in November of 2006. Which I think that's mad. They had to build something that would fly to Mars and then work for 10 years. <laughs> but like, yeah. I don't get how how can we do that? But then there's so much useless technology just like around like why can't why do I still need to charge my iPhone if we can send a robot to Mars for 10 years? Scan on it. I really don't know what, you, what kind of answers you're expecting from me. I am the 
least technologically sound person you could probably meet. So, I, I do agree with the iPhone thing. Like, the amount of times my, I charge my phone, like, if I can get to a full day without having to charge my phone, I consider myself lucky. Oh, no, it doesn't happen, though. If I can't charge, even if I put it on, like, battery saver mode, it still drains itself if I'm not doing anything. And, right. and like, I've had my headphones in a lot, of, like, I'm, like, out and about in that. But these are Bluetooth headphones, so I had to turn my Bluetooth on, and that just drains it even oh, faster. Like, yeah, same, like, that just kills the battery. Like, Apple, sort your shit out, man. We're sending things to Mars, and you can't even make a good fucking battery. <laughs> oh. A bit of sorry, a bit of random information. This isn't technology basis for like TV based. Uh, like I said, I was born on the 11th of September, and uh, at least less than a week around but six days after I was born, on the 17th of September, the latest episode of Frasier would make its first airing. It would be the first episode of season four, which was titled "The Two Mrs. Cranes." You just have to get. Frasier and everything, don't you? Well, it's the 90s, it was big in the same. If anyone hasn't seen that, it's a very good episode. So, it basically, it centers around uh, Daphne trying to get away from an ex boyfriend by pretending she's married to uh, Niles, and it creates all sorts of shenanigans. Oh, that sounds incredible. <laughs> Everyone go watch that and then tweet Scott and tell him what you think of it. Um, other popular things in the 90s were, of course, the Spice Girls. They would get their first number one with Wannabe. And they're still going up till was it last year they did a tour? Without Victoria, because she's too busy. I don't know what she's doing. But she was too busy to join this tour that apparently no one could hear. <laughs> what was going on? Or anything like that. But the first number one. Yeah. Hey, congratulations to them. Uh, other popular musicians of the time, you had Sheryl Crow, Red Hot Chili Peppers were right up there. The Foo Fighters as well. Snoop Doggy Dog was his name at the at that time. Uh, yeah. What is he now? Is he Snoop Lion? No, I think it was only. I think that quickly ended. I think he's back to Snoop Dogg. But Fashion Pumpkins were quite bigger in this time, which is interesting uh, given where their lead singer is up to now. Yeah, back to wrestling. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Owns the NWA, uh, not the music group. That's a wrestling federation. But uh, what a crossover that would be! Yeah. Well, if we they, get the NWA in the NWA. No, I'm just probably smashing pumpkins in the NWA. But <laughs> that would be weird. That'd be like, uh, who did uh, Aerosmith do "Walk This Way" with? Uh, Run DMC. That was it. That's a weird. Quote. It'd be something similar to that, really. Yeah. Uh, also, I believe this is also the year of the Macarena where that first happened. Oh my god. So that primary school discos and weddings could forever do it. Yeah. Wow. I was at a, was at a karaoke night when everyone got up and did the Macarena. <laughs> <laughs> so even today. <laughs> yeah, it's still going. You still hear it all the time. Uh, it's just a great way to get people get people up and dancing but, but you shouldn't be out dancing at the minute people stay home yeah i mean no talking about, about this because i mean there are two songs that are related to dances that were that were immediately take me back to any school this school ever that and the cha-cha slide i don't know when that came out but every disco without feel that was always there at the end of the night to get people up 
<laughs> God damn it. And now it's just come on Eileen. <laughs> and Mr. Brightside. Are like of course. The only songs you will hear in any pub after midnight. <laughs> Not that the pubs are open, people. Stay home. <laughs> Actually, I don't know when this one's going to go out. So if it's over, you can go outside. But I doubt it. I mean, also, at some point, at any night out in Scotland, you'll hear uh, Sweet Caroline come on. And oh. you'll hear everyone sing along. But replace the da, da, da line with a Buckfast wine. <laughs> and uh, I remember being at a night out, being so into the song, singing that out, because that's just what you do. And there was a guy randomly hanging about near me who I honestly never heard this, the, this version with people shouting Buckfast wine and then tried to ask me why people do that. And to be honest, I had never thought about it, so I, I couldn't help him with that. Like, I just don't know. That's just what you do. Because everyone likes Buckfast wine in Glasgow. It's I mean, a very Scottish it. drink. I've actually never had Buckfast. Oh, God, should you be admitting that? Do you need me to edit that out? <laughs> I don't think I don't think they'll revoke my citizenship just yet. But no, no, they might just just tell you to remain in isolation until you have it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and well, what better way than with our random ramblings of a podcast than to bring up mad cow disease, <laughs> which is all over the UK, and uh, yeah, it was bad news, bad news for cows. Mm-hmm. So yeah. there you go. Yeah, people were too scared to eat beef for a while, and then eighties because of this. Yeah, and they quickly got over it though. Like, yeah. and then and then just in time for foot and mouth. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, unfortunately, a lot of cattle had to get put down because of it. But the ban did end in nineteen ninety nine, so that's nice, isn't it? It's a good way to end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> lovely lovely stuff uh so that was 1996 is there anything else you wanted to mention scott not really because there's so much uh there's some very depressing very horrible stuff that happened in 86 as well so i think we did our best to find the the good stuff of the year so i think anything we've not mentioned is best being left out yeah definitely there was a lot there was two sinking ships an oil spill so many bombs some hurricanes an earthquake a load of rainforest got destroyed. and But it's okay, though, because the U.S. stock market did go up uh, really, really fast. Coincidence? I don't know about that. Yeah. And there was a Category 4 cyclone in India as the country prepared for Rahul to be born. Oh, like, the, the omens even two years before he was even born. <laughs> It's fine, he's never going to listen to this. <laughs> but uh, as always, you can find Rogue Opinions at Rogue underscore Opinion. Let us know uh, what else from 1996 might have piqued your interest. We didn't even mention the MLS being formed, so you, but now we have, so don't tweet us that one. Uh, you can find me at Nathan Greenaway. Scott, where can people find you? What else have you got going on? Uh, you can find me at Scott1996 as... Uh, Nathan meant at the start, uh, Scott and Paul's Rambling Podcast at SB Rambling. Yeah, we're going to have to try and the next couple of episodes are probably going to have to be recorded much like we are doing here via Skype, even though Paul doesn't live that far from me because it's getting weirder out there. People are not, uh, people don't want to go outside 
and you can also catch me uh, at Suplex Retweet. Uh, they're on all the same podcast sites that Rogue Fines is on. We've got their main feed, and also got the Suplex Retweet Extra feed, which is which we're producing quite a lot of content for to get people through kind of this time where of isolation to help give you some entertainment to take your mind off everything. Yeah, exactly. So it's always good to get some content out there to give people some distractions. Uh, but Scott, we can go back to being enemies now <laughs> as we prepare to face off on the grandest stage of them all. Yeah. Oh yeah, of course. I forgot about that. But otherwise, guys, thank you very much for listening. Look forward to speaking to you again soon. Bye now. Bye.